Now encoding transmission. Transmission encoding completed. Have you often found yourself wondering about the unsolved mysteries and weirdness that surround them all? Now, I'm not saying it's definitely aliens, but it's definitely aliens. You're listening to Three Girls, One Cape. Can you handle the truth? Hey everyone, it's me, Rachel. And I'm Mara. And we're here to bring you a scary story from the Freetown State Forest. Yes, it's going to be super spooky. Alright, this is a apparent creepypasta from Mick Blazies. Now, if you folks want to get settled in, turn down the lights, and get yourself a cool beverage... And we will happily stare you tonight. Or at least entertain you. Enjoy. I went hunting in the Freetown State Forest. That's what it's called. I'm sure many of you have heard about the Bridgewater Triangle in the Freetown State Forest. If you think of the Bermuda Triangle but in southeastern Massachusetts spanning over several towns... Science says that all over the world there are specific points that seem to emanate this extra amount of magnetic force. Legend, however, says that the Bridgewater Triangle came about because of a curse put on the land by a Native American chief whose people were decimated by murder, disease, famine, and religion that came with the white man. Goddamn white man. With the curse, it became a hotbed for a myriad of legends from cryptid monsters like thunderbirds, giant snakes, and the rake to haunted roads, ghost tribes, spirits of the damned, and lost travelers. Oh yeah, and allegedly wendigo spirits looking to claim the souls of any who wander too far. What is not an allegation, though, is the confirmed occult activity that was placed or that was rampant in the 70s to early 90s. Out of place stone structures were built into the earth, and one of them even had a body of a young 17-year-old girl who had been dead for at least 10 years. The strangest thing, though, was she was sealed in there from the inside. Investigators and forensic analysts didn't have the slightest clue how anyone could do that. Some of the masonry work work looked as if it came straight from a mason's hands. Since then, however, people claim to see all sorts of things in the place. Frankly, I don't care if you believe me or not. That's not up to me. I just want to tell this story. To make matters shorter, I'll get right to it. My interest in hunting came from my dad, but we never actually got to do it. He passed away a few years ago, and in his honor, I got my hunting license. Now, I could bag all the 10-point bucks in New England, or so I thought. I decided on my first expedition to be in Freetown State Forest since it was close to where I grew up. I'm from the city next to Freetown called New Bedford, so this made it a lot easier for me to plan this out. I took one day to scout out the locations, put up a couple of trail cams, and visit the site of the last Native American chieftain of his tribe. 
profile rock. Some people say that when the sun is going down and it hits that point where the trees are no longer showered in that golden love, you can see him sitting on the rock and you can hear the drumming of his people get louder and louder until it sounds like it's in your head. I go to the forest parking lot right when it opened and talked to the ranger at the duty station. I told him I was planning a hunting trip and he looked oddly surprised. I figured this would have been a common occurrence, but he leaned in and said this, you want to go hunting in there? For what? There's nothing but myths, moths, and spiders. What do you expect to kill? No, it's all right. Don't tell me. I have to go and warn you, though, young man. Six weeks ago, almost to this day, a father and his two sons got lost hunting in the woods. They had gone way off the path into the wetlands in the east side. The two boys hiked five miles to the ranger station and waited eight hours for me to show up. The younger boy explained what happened, but the older boy had something different about him. It was like he wasn't there. He was just a part of the background. He didn't take his eyes off his brother while he spoke. The young man, I think named Scott, had told me that something grabbed his dad and ran off with him while his other brother had stopped to relieve himself. A couple hours later, they had come across an old cemetery and made a fire, but someone or something didn't like that. Scott said they saw something. It was like a man with a long neck, like a snake that was slithering around their camp. The boys huddled together, and this thing got behind them and put his face against his older brother. And then somehow, in an instant, the snake man began to swallow his brother whole until Scott threw a burning log against that thing's neck it screeched crazy, and there had been local reports of coyote, uh, coyote activity to cover it up. Before it retreated back into the woods, this thing apparently blew the campfire out like a candle. Now, I know it all seems quite far-fetched, but not to be fooled. Uh, but don't be fooled. This place has many legends and many secrets. He held his hand out. For a shake and his business card he also handed me a map and a small radio that was tuned to the ranger station in the parking lot and the fire barn um i was in the parking lot he handed me a map and a small radio that was tuned to the ranger station in the parking lot and at the fire barn of the north end of the park if you run into anything i mean anything you need to let me know I, he, I said, okay, and I was off and on my way. I studied the map carefully and decided to start on the main trail of the Whitetail Loop. This trail pretty much covered the span of the park with the exception of a few smaller trails that led into the wetlands. That was the one place I didn't want to be since that was where the two boys saw the snake man. It was only 7 a.m. when I began my trek through the woods, and immediately I felt something was seriously off. I had this strange sensation that someone was following me step for step.
Every time I took a step forward, I heard my foot fall and then another step behind me. Like I was being mimicked, I whipped around and pulled out the Beretta my dad gave me from when he was in the Navy. No one was there, nothing. Just a tree swaying in the slight cool breeze of this late fall morning. I started back down the path again for at least another hour or so, just taking in the beauty of Mother Nature's voice and figure. The birds singing their songs, the light crunching of sleeves of small woodland critters stirring across the ground, and the warm glow of her radiant smile. I had completely forgotten why I was here in the first place, to hunt, but now I realized I wasn't here to kill a buck. <coughs> I was here to be baptized by nature. I was loving it. Was is the key word here. I stopped walking down the path because I noticed the sound of echoing footsteps again. But this time, instead of being behind me, they were in front of me. I saw what at first looked like a man crawling on all fours. I got closer and it got farther, but when I tried to make a, take a single step backwards, it stretched out its body and came right up to my face. It was not a man, wasn't even human. At the end of its limbs were feet that had too many toes. It had the strange pitch black face with its lips curled back into a gleaming smile. Its teeth were perfect as if they were dentures and they were big. Each tooth was roughly the size of a half dollar coin. It opened its mouth and a yellow liquid leaked out and as it hit the ground it started to trace patterns in the dirt. After the liquid dissolved, I saw the patterns were actually words. I read, no turning back. I will guard you. Be not afraid of me. This is one of my many forms. I will help you out of this hell. After I finished reading the message, I looked up and it was gone. In its place, it left a magazine with ammo that fit my pistol perfectly. A map with names of all the creatures in their homes an old handheld FM radio and a pocket knife. Why leave me all this stuff, I wondered. How can I trust it? I mulled it over for a minute or two and I decided to just go with it. Something in me told me that I would regret it if I didn't take the help. Continuing down the path, I saw the old fire barn the ranger told me about, but it had looked abandoned for quite some time. It was sitting on stilts, and underneath it was old wads of wood, ready for the fire. What threw me off, though, was the, that the logs looked as if they were just freshly chopped. Little to no dirt on them, and with that fresh, fresh cedar and cherry wood smell, just for kits, I walked up to the steps and knocked on the door and said, Hello? Anyone home? I giggled to myself, not expecting a response, when I heard someone knock back. However, it wasn't coming from the door. The knocking continued, and three getting faster and faster, then becoming more irregular. I lost my shit more than when I saw that thing. I made the fight-or-flight decision of flight and ran into the fire barn. The door swung open with relative ease, and I slammed it shut behind me. The noise had stopped, and I examined my surroundings. On the wall were paintings of certain parts of the forest, and the old ranger cabin from over 80 years ago. I turned on the old handheld radio, and I and flipped 
through the static. I found a station, however, that came in clear as day. It was a weather report. But after every forecast followed a cryptic message. The spirits will rise. The guardian cannot help you. Your soul shall be lost. And then a sharp ringing of feedback pierced the many distorted voices warnings. I took about 15 minutes of rest to get my bearings and plot my next trek. However, I noticed something I didn't before. The fire barn is nowhere near where I started and is miles away from where I thought it was. This revelation hit me so hard I didn't even notice the figure standing in the window. Solid pitch black humanoid, at least six foot six. I cocked my pistol and I'm ready to shoot, but my hands couldn't stop shaking. I wasn't sure if I'd hit it or not. After much careful consideration, I decided to confront the intruder. I kept my pistol trained on the window and made for the door. My hand hit the knob and on the imaginary count of three, I ripped it open and rushed outside. Whatever it was had left me alone. I relaxed for a second and then my fear and anxiety hit the roof as I saw the bright fall morning somehow become the darkest of nights. There weren't any sounds coming from the woods. All I could feel were the eyes of wandering souls watch me enter their world. Gun shaking in my hands, I pulled out my flashlight and began to make my way back onto the trail. I continued my march with extreme caution, careful not to trip on any roots or rocks. I was hearing the footsteps again and felt relieved that the guardian was back. I took a deep exhale and turned around to greet it. What was standing there threw my mind for a loop. It was a man, dressed in regular street clothes, all except for a net stretched out so far above the trees. His head disappeared into the dark treetops. I was paralyzed. An awesome fear, not because of the neck, but because I could feel someone breathing on my ear and jaws gently, slowly clamping down on my neck. A high-pitched shriek came far off in the distance, as if it came from a small child or woman. The creature disengaged its teethy grasp, and quicker than I could blink, it slithered off in the direction of the screen. Something in me told me to run after it. What if someone was hurt? It had to do something. I sprinted as fast as I could until my light caught something dart out from behind a tree. It was the guardian. It stood on two legs this time, and without moving its mouth, it said, It is a trap. It saw your soul. It knows you'll help. Heeding the earlier message of listening to the guardian, I lowered my weapon, and it pointed me back into the direction of the trail. It started walking with me and began to tell a story. I used to be a man. Long time ago, I protected these woods. People came, killed my family, sacrificed my children, damned my soul to this body. Hard to remember, getting harder. Soon I will be mindless, soul still here. Mind will be gone, dangerous I'll be. Men bathed in black. Worship monsters, but still only men. They do not age, still only men. You end them, my soul three 
you go free. I could barely see the guardian without the flashlight trained on it. His high, his body made him almost invisible. I'd notice a change through this time. Instead of having all feet, he had has two hands now. No fingers, just mittens. I heard the crunching of twigs behind me. I pull my gun back out and whip around, ready to unload. It was just a deer. Ten points, just like the one I wanted right there. It was staring at me, totally blinded from the flashlight. And then I saw it change. The longer I stared at it, the more I could see it morph into something completely different. It shed its fur to reveal pink veiny skin that glistened in the light. The eyes fell from their sockets to reveal two large gaping holes where the tiniest white light was. Its snout just fell off and all that was left was its bare skin. It stood up on two legs and outstretched its arms to the side showing me its lawn arms and fingers with nails so razor sharp that just looking at them made me feel like I was already bleeding. It stared through me and looked into the deepest recesses of my soul. The creature began to walk towards me in a brisk pace as if my gun wouldn't make a difference. It stopped three feet away from me and caught its head to the side. The light in my hand was shaking furiously and before I could do or say anything, the guardian tackled the creature and ripped into its shoulder with its teeth. I saw that the teeth it had was fixated into that permanent smile weren't its real teeth. In that split second of action, like a slow motion scene in a movie, I saw a second pair of teeth protrude out, but they looked like shark teeth. Just rows and rows, clamping down like a vice on the monster's neck. It let out a shriek I heard earlier that drew the snake net man away. The guardian stood up, fists now clenched. It spit out different though. It had sounded exactly like a man. I heard my name called behind me and standing there was a black robed man holding a large knife. The commotion had drawn out another spirit, but this one the guardian was afraid of. He charged at the guardian and it just stood there waiting for the blade to plunge through its heart. I remember the phrase, still just a man from moments earlier, and I pulled the trigger until the mysterious man fell lifeless to the ground. I looked at the guardian, but he was gone. Fuck. I was alone again. I removed his robe and inspected my shooting. I didn't even register that I just killed someone. Nothing flitted me at all, just stone face looking at him. This guy had tattoos all over him. Some in black ink, some were brands from an iron, and some were carved into him down to the bone. I had come to the conclusion that this guy was ready to die and somehow knew he was going to. Despite the holdup, I started down my path again, ready for anything now. I pretty much forgot about the radio that the ranger had given me earlier that morning. I took it out of my bag and earlier and gave a quick holler over the static. Hello? This is Matt. I checked in earlier with the ranger, Stephen Amaral. Is anyone receiving me? I let go of the talk button and listened. Dead silence. I tried a couple more times until I heard a broken voice come through. This is Ranger Admiral. Where you been? 
three days, I was in absolute shock. Did he say I've been out for three days? Hello? Please repeat your last over. It's Ranger. You've been gone for three days. What location? For some reason, I found it to be more of a mindfuck that I was here for three whole days rather than the shit I just saw. I radioed back. I'm on the east side near the fire barn. I need help. The radio went silent for a moment. Then the ranger came back on and told me to go north. There is apparently another ranger out there looking for me in that area. I also heard something about profile rock, but couldn't make it out if it was go there or don't go there. I found another trail that was connected to the main loop heading north. The only problem with this trail, though, was it went right by Profile Rock. My brain battled with itself to figure out if I should head to it or not. I was torn. Something in me wanted to go as I knew there would be someone waiting for me. But if there wasn't, what if the only thing there is more robed men? Screw it. I made up my mind and headed onto the trail towards the rock. There was a small pond not even 10 feet from the rock that was fed by the underwater spring, which a lot of people believe is, is the source of this all. The time I was ready for what was not... This time I was ready for what was to come next. I moved along the path slow and smooth, being sure not to be caught off guard by whatever wanted to try me. I came to a clearing in the woods so big I didn't even know it was on a map. Out of nowhere I heard a screech that was like nails on chalkboard. The sky opened up and began to pour buckets. Thunder boomed right above me and my um right above my head and cracks of lightning broke the sky. In a few flashes that seemed to last an eternity, the outline of a giant bird tattooed the sky. It circled above me, and every time its wings flapped, I could feel the rush of air from the clasp of the thunder. While standing in awe of the mystical thunderbird, something in my gut told me I was being stalked. I turned around and saw five tall silhouettes moving towards me, crouched incautiously. Cracks of light lit up the scene around me more of those tall pale creatures were surrounding me and i could see more moving through the woods behind me i sprinted down the trail towards the rock when the rain stopped and drums started to play off in the distance i ran towards the sound of them trying to shake my pursuers weaving in and out of trees i could hear them right on my heels i dug deeper and ran so hard my lungs felt as they just caught on fire out of the corner of my eye, I could see something trying to match my speed, but on all fours. The guardian had found me again and was a couple steps behind me, keeping my pace. However, this time something was off about him. He was weaving back and forth behind me as if to confuse the creatures chasing us. Then faster, I could blink. He, he stopped and stood there. I turned around and stopped to look. I, it looked back at me and let out a roar unlike anything I've heard before and started to fight the creatures. I ran back and fired a few shots into the horde. Only a couple fell, but more were coming. It turned around and screamed, Go! Follow the voices! I stood in awe 
as the protector that had helped me so much brought down to one knee. Still fighting back, he ripped two of the creatures in half the long way and started beating others off with an arm he tore off. Feeling helpless, I ran towards the direction of the drum that the drums were coming from. I hit a path with a different feel to it. The path was all sand and rock, so I knew I had to be right oh, the right way to profile rock. I came around the bend and saw someone standing in the path. I stopped and raised my gun at them and said, Who are you? I'll shoot! Right as I was about to pull the trigger, I heard the footsteps behind me. It was the guardian standing there like a bleeding statue. I could see the damage done. It was missing an arm and chunks of its right leg were missing. It still kept a ghoulish yet comforting grin. I heard the voice say, Come, and the figure standing in front of us raised its hand into a fist, and when I blinked, it was gone, as if it wasn't even there. Suddenly, silently, the guardian hung its head and limped along. I could walk up behind it and put its arm around my neck and supported its mangled leg next to mine. Why, it asked me. Because you saved my life, I should be asking you why. I know for a fact that you're not allowed to protect everyone. All these things here, their lost souls, are beyond your saving. You know it, and so do I. I just don't understand why I haven't been lost to it yet. It looked at me, and even though it's everlasting smile, I could see the disapproval in my answers. I help who is worthy. You came to hunt, not to hurt. This place is for those who hurt. A door was open. You walked through it. Not all here are lost. Some need to be found. I protect those who are meant to be found. Silence and moonlight were our best friends as we trekked down the path. Every now and then I could hear voices in front of us. About always just a little out of earshot. About 30 minutes went by until the guardian asked to stop. It looked at me and said, thank you. The final steps are yours. I cannot come. I can no longer protect you. I have no friends here. Only you. But you cannot stay. Not safe. It put a hand on my shoulder and for a brief second I could see past the pitch black skin. I w it was a man smiling at me. He set, had long dark hair that flowed in the light breeze and a tan skin that drank all the light around him. He walked into the shrouds of the trees, not looking back. I stood and watched until I could no longer see him, knowing my only option was to move forward and heeding the words of the guardian of the danger ahead. I readied myself. I took off my pack and reloaded a new magazine, drank some water, and found a stale cigarette and a lighter at the bottom. I lit it, and for those few seconds of that last drag, I felt free. Free of this place, free of the danger, and free of worry. I kept walking along until I saw the rock. The same dark figure was standing on top of it. At the foot of the rock was a small beach head and a massive pond that seemed to glow. The ominous silhouette pointed to the sky as if it was to cue out the ethereal plane that came the Thunderbird. Silently flying overhead, its wings pushing down the cool, thick breeze. While looking up and admiring the mythical bird, 
I heard a splash from behind me. I whipped around to see a figure had jumped into the pond swimming around. They came closer and the shape began to take form of this entity. Entity. It was a woman. She dressed in some tribal garb, but was covered in the chest by a massive necklace of beads and bones. She came closer, then as if she was in my head, began to speak with me. You have come far to get here. You may go back now. I blinked in disbelief of her words. With a couple more blinks, she was gone. I looked up at the sky and saw that the stars were like light bulbs that had just been turned on. It became too bright to keep my eyes open, so I shut them in a tight voice like a vice grip. I finally opened them and found myself back at the trailhead. I looked at my hands holding the map down to my watch only 6.53 a.m. I thought to myself, I pulled out my phone and saw that it was the same day and time I began my journey. I dropped the map and turned around, staring towards the parking lot. The ranger sat outside on the chair and tipped his hat, staring at me, and he said, Wise choice, son. Wise choice. I turned back around, then got in my car. I reached into my center console and pulled out a half-smoked joint. I lit it up and took a deep drag and then sent my soul and mind astral traveling. It was funny after all that the only thing I could do was look at myself in the mirror and smile. Well, what do you think? You think that you think this actually happened? You think this guy is just astral traveling somewhere? I hope you enjoyed our little creepy pasta for you. Just a nice little bonus clip. And stay tuned for the truth about the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. And what really is going on in the Freetown State Forest? Government conspiracy? Cults? Murder? We'll find out on the next episode. Have a good day, y'all. Stay weird.